0: Welcome to episode 84 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by Jackson Hole Marketplace. Jackson Hole's little community market on the south side of town. Please visit thejacksonholeconnection.com slash jhm to learn a whole lot more. Hello from Jackson Hole. I'm Stefan Abrams, your host and guide today. Each week I sit with someone connected to Jackson Hole to share their fascinating story about daily life. I feel we can all learn so much from each other. And I intend to search out people and their stories, which will teach us all a little about life outside of our everyday circle. My guest today is Michael Morey. He has a wonderful connection to Jackson Hole and this podcast. Michael is one of the hardest working people I know and someone I have deep respect for. The connection Michael and I have is a deep appreciation and love for the community of Jackson Hole. And, you know, additionally, Michael has supported me by editing each episode of this podcast since it began. Michael will share with us today how he landed here in Jackson Hole, what it takes to survive in this unique valley. We will also take a quick dive into how Michael helps me stay on track as a podcaster and why he likes editing this podcast. Michael, glad that you could join me today here at the Jackson Hole Connection. Uh, This is a special interview today.
1: I'm excited to be on this end of the interview.
0: So I'm going to give the listeners a little background. You are the Michael Mori that I mention at the end of every podcast who does all of the editing. So you are the only person on the face of this earth who has listened to, as you said, every second of the podcast.
1: I mean, don't sell yourself short. There might be a few other people out there, but... Um, <laughs> I've definitely heard all the unedited versions as well, which is probably an additional double the content that everybody else gets.
0: Yeah. So we met in Jackson Hole and you were working at the radio station at the time. How did you land in Jackson Hole? What's your connection?
1: Uh, My first connection was I was in college. This was back in 2003. Uh, I was dating somebody at the time that we didn't want to go back to North Dakota to our parents' places. So we were looking for national parks to explore and do some seasonal work, like a lot of people do that land in Jackson. And I had never even heard of Jackson Hole until I applied to work for the Grand Teton Lodge Company. And me and my girlfriend at the time came out for that summer in 2003, and I fell in love with the place and did three summers out there in college. I thought I was done with the wilderness lifestyle. I wanted to live in the city. So after that, I moved out to Boston and um, missed Jackson. Never stopped thinking about it. So after that, I moved back to Jackson for the past nine years and then decided I I couldn't uh, live there too much longer. And now we moved to Washington last June and we definitely miss it a lot. But um, for right now, it was was a pretty good decision. And we can kind of get into those details here in a little bit. But that was kind of the quick story of how i landed back in jackson cool and for how much time
0: you probably or little time you spend in jackson because when you're a park employee you're really nose to the grindstone during the during the summer months
1: yeah i mean it was like three months but when you're living in the national park for those three months you get to hike and you get to see the tetons out your window every morning it's it's hard not to fall in love when you see mount moran out of your dorm window <laughs> I tell you, if
0: anybody has not experienced staying overnight at Jackson Lake Lodge, they need to do themselves a favor and, and do that.
1: Yeah. And there, so I worked at the, the general store at Colter Bay, and then I also did the cabin office rentals up in uh, at Colter Bay as well. Have you ever stayed in those cabins up there?
0: I have not stayed in the cabins. Wait, no, I didn't stay in the cabins, but we, last summer we went camping up in Colter Bay at the campgrounds. My brother what? stayed in the cabins. And we hauled the little pop-up over there and stayed up there for a few nights. It was, it was spectacular.
1: Yeah. I mean, that campground, with how large it is, it's actually, it, you get a lot of privacy for how large that campground is. So it's probably the best mm-hmm. campground for guaranteeing you get a spot, I would say.
0: Yeah. We had a, such a blast. Such a blast. We got to roast marshmallows right on the lake at night.
1: Nice. Get,
0: Kids going paddleboarding on the lake. That was their first time to be on the paddleboard. Um, yeah, people should do themselves a favor and and experience
1: some of those family adventures for sure. Yeah, and you guys will have a lot more privacy this year, so that's good.
0: There will be a little bit more privacy, probably fewer yeah. people.
1: <laughs> probably a few, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully everything opens up uh, up again soon. So,
0: yeah, indeed. So you and your wife now live in Washington.
1: We do, yeah. Bellingham, Washington. And and why Bellingham, of all places? Uh, you know, we get that question a lot, and people just assume I'm, we moved here for work, or we moved here for family. Uh, we had zero family, zero work. Uh, we basically just did some research on smaller communities that are close to nature, close to the water, because we kind of missed living uh, close to water, because we lived out in Boston together, so we kind of missed that aspect. And then... We wanted to be a little bit closer to cities and uh, Bellingham kind of checked most of those boxes Uh, and then we had a friend in Jackson that visited Bellingham decided to move up to Missoula Montana but then uh, that actually put Bellingham on a radar because we had never heard of it before we even researched it after they visited Uh, so we visited once and kind of after that we decided like all right Bellingham seems like a good fit Uh, we're going to try it out so uh, last June we moved out here after only visiting twice at that point.
0: Says so a lot about that community. It does.
1: I I mean it's beautiful. Uh, we miss Jackson a lot, and so does my son and my wife. Misses a lot of things, especially the community aspect. We miss um, the people there. I would say the most actually. Uh, the the nature and the scenery is hard to miss too. But um, we get a lot of that here. It's great being next to the water. Uh, we have some mountains. We have Mount Baker kind of close by, and we have some rolling hills. Nothing like the Tetons. But it was 65 degrees and sunny today, so it's it's hard to miss some of the the lengthy springs and the lengthy winter that Jackson does have. We had a fire going all day in our fireplace. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I saw. I still get alerts for winter weather advisories in Jackson. I saw one yeah. popped up. So that makes, that, those kind of things kind of make me miss it a little bit less when mm-hmm. we're, we're sitting out there in our shorts and our t-shirt today. So, For sure. Now, at a certain point
0: in Jackson, you also had your own podcast.
1: I did. Yeah. Jackson Whole Entrepreneur um, was where I interviewed local business owners in town. And you've interviewed a few of the same people that uh, I did. Let me think of the ones that are actually on the list of who I interviewed. Uh, Liza and Liza Millet uh, and
0: Sandy. Hussle. Liza Millet.
1: Yep, I interviewed them together. So actually, that was probably one of the main crossovers that we had was those two.
0: Okay, and, and
1: I think they're the two that actually connected us. So I think that was actually a, a great connection.
0: It was. They're they're super people. They're very plugged into the community and what's happening. Uh, they're good resources and great are, friends sure. too. Yeah. What inspired you to start your podcast?
1: There's a few reasons that I did it. I wanted to pick the brains of some well-known people in the community. I always wanted to start a business of my own, but I never really had any sort of passion or direction of what I wanted to start. So I thought talking to other business owners was a great way to uh, learn about what other entrepreneurs wanted to do and where they found their passion. So that's why I wanted to interview people and That was a great way of learning some of the people in the community that have influence and just soaking in some of their insight, I guess, if you will. So they're the ones that actually kind of inspired me to start my food tour company that I had out in Jackson. Uh, It was a great way to talk to people about Jackson and then eat some delicious food, which are two of my favorite things to do.
0: Talking about Jackson and eating delicious food?
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it it was a great way to make connections, especially... In the restaurant industry because uh, when i decided to start up uh, jacksonville food tours i reached out to three of the people i had interviewed and were like hey i'd like to bring my people here would you be interested so it made actually asking people a lot easier because mm-hmm. i had already had those connections so it was really nice
0: cool what are some of the takeaways as far as life and being able to start your own business that you acquired while interviewing some of those people
1: i would say it's it's not easy it's not easy starting your own thing, especially I didn't have any partners. I didn't have any investment income. I really didn't even have much guidance in general. Uh, it was a lot of research um, and talking to people that I could pick their brains on um, and then just a lot of going for it. Uh, so it was, it was tough getting started. Um, I was passionate about the idea and I had to kind of hit the grindstone and talk to a lot of restaurants to try to get them on board. And so it was a lot of uh, winging it. And then I also reached out to some other food tours because it's not necessarily a new concept, but it was new to the area at that time. So picking the brains of people that had started food tours in different areas, it was um, helpful to actually talk to them as well. So just talking to people, I think, was the biggest takeaway because the more you can learn from people, the easier it is.
0: And, and you said it, it wasn't easy, but you did it.
1: That's right. What
0: kept pushing
1: you to do it? Um, I've, it wasn't the money. <laughs> uh, I think it was just, uh, I really enjoyed talking to people. I liked bringing people around Jackson. Um, I liked sharing the community that we live in. And I think it was just more of just really enjoying the people that I took around. Uh, a lot of times it was kind of awkward. A lot of people actually didn't like food, which made it difficult to actually interact with some of the people. But the people that you actually clicked with it was it was just a great experience to meet complete strangers and then kind of feel like almost family at the end of the tour. So it was actually pretty nice. At the end of three hours, you kind of like feel like you really know somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then you transitioned to at some point into the world of radio and managing the local radio, one of the local radio stations.
1: It was all at the same time.
0: <laughs> oh, was it? All I right. Mean, you know, you know how Josh jump makes.
1: in. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> I've been involved with KHL. Um, I was a volunteer DJ and the music director before becoming the station manager. And then at the same time as running the food tour business, I was doing the food tour a couple times a week. And then I was the full-time assistant station manager, music director, and I was helping with some of the marketing as well. So this was all happening at the same time. And it was, an, it was a good way to juggle and interact with community. On one end, you were talking to the people that were coming through town, So at the radio station, I didn't really interact with the tourism community. I actually was talking to more locals and on that aspect, but it was good to get both ends where I was talking to people that were visiting Jackson and then talking to the local community. So it was great to actually have both of of those sides when I was there. And then I also did Uber and Lyft for a year and a half at the end of my stay in Jackson. So lots of things, as you know, a lot of irons in the fire they have to do to survive in Jackson. That's many, many irons in the fire. Um, yep. That was a lot. Good for it's you, hard Michael. To, hard to raise a little one. And then I was also editing your podcast. Well. Yes. <laughs> most importantly, I was editing your podcast.
0: <laughs> I don't know about most importantly, <laughs> but it's really nice of you. <laughs> and when you started editing podcasts, I think some people think that, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. I'll just start interviewing people and boom. I'll put it up there. What are some of the things that you learned about podcasting while you have, you started yours and who did you bounce ideas off of and how did you, what was your learning
1: resource? I think just listening to other podcasts, I think was the biggest resource. Um, Mm -hmm. There are so many podcasts out there that do such a great job. And I think just listening and then being on the radio and hearing people speak on the radio and coaching people how to speak on the radio for a decade basically it was kind of at the radio station and just hearing people talk and hearing the response of people um, basically talking to each other when they're on the radio you can kind of hear mannerisms in their voice so it's kind of interesting how it's it's an audio medium but you can tell the reactions on people's faces based on how they sound and I think just being able to listen to those little things and notice those details, you can kind of see how the conversation's going. You can kind of see if it's forced conversation, like doing membership drives at the radio station. It's a lot of enthusiasm, but is it genuine enthusiasm? You can kind of see when those people are really excited to be with each other that it really clicks. Like a lot of the interviews that you do, Stefan, like you can really tell, like, oh man, you guys are really on the same page. You can tell that you guys have either been friends for a while or you can tell that you guys have a lot in common. So it's, you can really hear those genuine connections a lot of times. I,
0: I have a blast doing it. Um, yeah. My wife has described it as when we were talking about, wow, I did 50 episodes back then, way back then. That was like 50 yeah. episodes and 33
1: ago. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and she said, well, now you know 50 people that you didn't know before. And then she corrected herself real fast and said, well, now you know 50 people in a different way than you knew them before Mm -hmm. because those first 50 i pretty much knew all those 50 people i think there were one or two that i didn't know before but still it's given me the confidence to go up to some people and say how about i interview for you for my podcast i'd love to do that
1: yeah i mean i've heard that a few times that you you met somebody at the gym, and you're like, hey, do you want to be my podcast? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's a great icebreaker, that's for sure. I mean, if you want to get to know somebody, that's, that's probably one of the easiest ways to do it. And I think it's, um, it's kind of, um, I would say, flattering, I guess, if you will. It's flattering to actually have somebody that is interested in getting to know you and will take an hour out of their time to actually talk to you. It's, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't get that opportunity to even talk about their lives. So it's definitely flattering when you actually ask them if they want to be on a podcast like this.
0: Yeah. Now I I hear a theme with what maybe is a small passion of yours or something that drives you and that's people. You love connecting and and talking to people.
1: I do. Yeah. I love connecting with people and I like one-on-one conversations. Like it's hard for me to go out to a party and be like a social butterfly. But if I get one-on-one with somebody, that's when I really... I really enjoy, and I think uh, I really thrive, and I get really excited. And I'm good at asking questions a lot of times, which is helpful. And I think you're the kind of the same way, where you kind of chime in sometimes, and you kind of let the people speak. So I think just asking the right questions where it makes the conversation go well. And a lot of people don't get to be on that end a lot of times. Sometimes they're the ones that are just listening to other people, or they don't get to talk about certain things about their lives, or maybe they're hanging out with family members that have heard every story five times and they don't necessarily want to hear those stories again. <laughs> so, Especially <laughs> at, the, at these times. So, yeah. I think actually driving Uber and Lyft, it was, it was, it was very interesting driving Uber and Lyft. You get to hear a lot of interesting conversations and some people want you to be involved in the conversation. Sometimes they don't obviously, but uh, it's weird when you can drive from Jacksonville Mount resort to Jackson in a 25-minute conversation, if it's just one-on-one, you can really learn a lot about somebody in those 25 minutes. It's just pretty incredible. It just depends on the people, if they're willing to open up. And a lot of times they are if they're your Uber or Lyft driver because they're never going to see you again. They Mm -hmm. just want to talk about something. And you can get some pretty personal conversations in that time period.
0: Yeah. And how would you encourage other people? They're not driving Uber or Lyft, but... They're out and about or with some of their coworkers of some tools and tips to engage with other people and pe- maybe people that don't normally engage with.
1: Uh, I would say take your defenses down sometimes. Sometimes people maybe just wanna have transactional conversations or maybe just want to just have like that general small talk conversations. Uh, but if you remove your defenses sometimes and let your guard down and actually be honest, I think that you're going to have better conversation overall. And that's kind of how you're going to make those friends is actually being honest and open. So I would just let your guard down, I guess. Do you think that's
0: over time and where we are in today's society that more people have built up a guard and is anything with social media
1: connected with that? Uh, I think a lot of people have a guard up on social media Uh, some people are oversharers, but then sometimes it's oversharing in a particular way. Um, But I think it really depends on the person. I think it's probably the kind of the same way that they're going to interact with you in person. Some people will try to have, um, have it look like they're having the perfect life. They're going to put up the perfect photo, edited pictures on Instagram and social media like that. But I mean, those people have the most followers in general, but then they're going to post one picture of themselves without makeup or with their hair messed up. And then people are going to think they're relatable kind of thing. But I, I don't know. Those are the people that I'm not necessarily interacting with either, but I'm not going to coach them on how to make friends or find followers. Um, But the people that I like connecting with are going to talk to you about um, their family. I mean, being a father really changes kind of who you are in general. You never really know how it is until you actually have children. I would say like, that's what, parents would always say to me, but you never really like, Oh, I, I know how it's going to go. But now, now I never did. And it is different than I expected. So, and I do think I am turning into my father, which I didn't want to do, but you know, <laughs> in a lot of ways I am.
0: Oh my gosh. Yesterday I have a six year old and this kid is so bright. He's reading the encyclopedia, kindergarten, reading the encyclopedia. He sits and reads and we have to get him to write in his journal. And I have this video of him screaming (laughs) and throwing a fit about he can't remember anything to write in his journal. He remembers everything. (laughs) You wait till your son's that old Michael.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's he's four and a half at this age. And it's a great age. He's very enthusiastic. And right now he's just kind of learning all of his letters and we're trying to make games and fun out of it. Um, Once he actually starts writing, that'll be a whole other... Fun challenge, I think. But actually, having this time at home has been, I mean, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise. It's been great having more family time and being able to uh, hang out with my wife, who's going to give birth here in about a month. So, I, this is an opportunity that we never thought we were going to get to have this kind of quality time together. It's not really the best way to have the quality time, but we're trying to make the best of it too. So, it's actually been kind of nice.
0: Cool. Cool. I, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier about people on social media, that they're editing the pictures that they
1: put up there. Sure, people yeah. go that far.
0: For You're not on med- social media
1: that much, are you? Still? No, I'm not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm finding people to interview for podcasts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty easy nowadays. You can put filters onto everything. A lot of mm-hmm. people just, there's so many apps out there that you can edit photos and, a couple minutes but uh yeah i mean people are editing photos of course
0: i now that i reflect back at it when i was in new york back in september of this of last year i was there for a meeting and i went to some different places and i felt like i was photo bombing people because they they're striking their poses and you see that they're deliberately taking having somebody take their picture where they're standing with certain backgrounds and oh sure
1: yeah of course
0: it was kind of fun to
1: photobomb it. <laughs> I mean, you live in you live in Jackson. I mean, that happens all the time there if you're visiting in the parks. I mean, I think the selfie stick craze has kind of went down a little bit, but it still happens for sure.
0: Yes, it does. Actually, this morning I went out for a walk and it's coming off of a full moon and I heard an owl hooting. Nice. Yeah, it it was so loud. I could hear it, overhe- hear it from the book I was listening to over my yeah. earphones. Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome though. Yeah, I miss that. We get deer in our yard here. We live not too far away from downtown Bellingham. Um, We get deer and that's pretty much as wild as it gets. Some squirrels and then some other people, but um, yeah, I don't, I miss the wildlife. We lived right along the creek there in Jackson, right across from the library. And it was nice having the occasional moose walk through your backyard. And we kind of miss that, but uh, it's also kind of nice walking out your door and not anticipating a moose or a bear in your yard either so that's kind of nice to have that assurance that you're going to walk out and be okay.
0: I, I want to go back to you editing podcasts. What goes into the what it takes for for you to edit the podcasts that you had and and the this one my podcast?
1: Yeah so I mean our podcasts are similar and different. I, I, I did all the editing and I did all the recording and went out and kind of did a lot of remote recording so where i would try to find a location and interview them on the spot i didn't have a re- recording studio or anything like that um so it was kind of interesting trying to have that balance of like i recorded at the library i recorded in their restaurant i recorded um anywhere that i could kind of get them to speak with me so it was kind of nice to have that different atmosphere background sometimes but it made for challenging challenging uh, interviews sometimes like interviewing john and cowboy coffee it was kind of hard to not have it super loud and disruptive in the background, but um, it adds to it, but uh, it was a little bit challenging that way. Uh, re- editing your podcast uh, has been great. Uh, just being able to see your progression over the past 80 episodes uh, has been pretty spectacular. At first, we were kind of like trying to fine tune everything and it was kind of uh, challenging kind of figuring out, all right, what's the process of actually working together, but not actually in the room together, figuring it out. And then, uh, I mean, at this point, I think we've kind of had it nailed down where I can reliably, all right, I'm going to check all the information I need from Stefan. It's going to be there. We can get this podcast up and running. So it's actually become a lot, uh, kind of a fine oiled machine, I guess, at this point working with you. So it's been it's been great. Fine oiled on my end. More like, hey, Stefan, what are you doing on your end? You're, you're trying to get all the guests. Now I'm trying to get all the guests. And, uh, but on my end, it, it was great uh, doing the editing, and I'm really excited uh, that I'm going to be working with you more now, helping out with some of the marketing and helping reach out to the, some of the connections I have in Jackson to get us guests and uh, helping to succeed for another eighty more episodes at least, right, Stefan?
0: That's right. 80 more episodes. <laughs> That'll get us into the 160, 170, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. that's a milestone, right? I think it would be. Yeah, uh, I agree. I appreciate you sticking with me and wanting to take over some more aspects of the podcast so we can increase the listenership and connectivity with people. I think totally. it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I can tell you from my end, the people that are listening that I'm not a well-oiled machine at all. (laughs) Uh, I'm squeaky. Uh, (laughs) People usually know when I'm, when I'm coming around. Um, but it's, there's been some, some hiccups for sure. Especially the regular listeners. I I usually get a text from my brother or from my friend, Richie in, in Atlanta. And they said, Hey, you can barely hear the person you're interviewing your guest said yeah i know i think i forgot to turn the microphone on or
1: (laughs) yeah there there were some of those where one mic was on and you were a distant distant away or vice Mm -hmm. versa um or some mechanical noises that who knows what happened at certain points with some of the recording stuff but it's been pretty good for the for the past 20 episodes or so where it's been pretty nice uh
0: michael we're going to take a quick break so we can have a word from our sponsor Hold on to your jammy bottoms, because Jackson Hole Marketplace will be relaunching their deli on 4-20-20. That's right, smack dab in the middle of this stupid-ass COVID-19 pandemic, Jackson Hole Marketplace is working tirelessly to rebrand their deli. So, on 4-20-20, you will be able to order for curbside pickup or in-town delivery, the best damn sandwiches in town. These custom sandwiches will blow the lid off of your taste buds, and you'll be able to order your make-your-own bad ass sandwiches as well, using only the most bad ass ingredients. Jackson Hole Marketplace Deli. I bet you're ready now, but you'll just need to wait for 4-20-20.
1: So, Stefan, uh, what keeps you going for the podcast? What drives you to keep this podcast going?
0: I love getting to talk to people and learning so much more about. Life and people that drive our community, but their experiences. And it helps me learn and reflect of who I am and what I do, and can I be a grow as a person, as an individual, and as a dad, as a husband? I grew up working in my grandfather's hardware store, and you're always talking to people. It was so hands-on in that place, and you just sit and chat, and I, I love the fact that I can just sit and talk with people. And it gives
1: you a, a change from working at the liquor store or marketplace, right? You get to interact with people all day long there, though, don't you?
0: I, I do. And I'm not on the floor as much as I used to. I'm more in the back end. Um, I certainly have the face for the back end of things, <laughs> the back of the house. Face for radio. <laughs> I have a face for radio for sure. And But even when I get to go in the store, I love the interaction that I get to have with the customers and ask them where they're from or who they are, what they're doing, what brings them here and what do they enjoy and give directions. I walk down the street and I talk to people. I tell people That's hello. I, I remember when I visited my sister in LA when she was in grad school and I was walking down the street and telling people hello. She said, Stefan, they're not telling you ba- hello back. You should just stop. I said, no, i tell people hello. She's like, well, also they probably don't understand you because this is a very immigrant dominant area (laughs) it's like well i'm saying hello it's kind of universal
1: you know actually i think one of the most interesting things about this um this time with the pandemic that's happening and the stay-at-home orders is a lot of people are sitting outside of their houses a lot here Mm -hmm. uh, and i feel like people are being almost more friendly and open when you're walking by their house they're sitting on their porch they want that hello they want that interaction because they don't get to have it too often so it's actually it's kinda nice when you're just walking your dog or just walking down the sidewalk and everybody's saying hi to you. Mm-hmm. So um it's actually brought out some of the friendliness and some of the neighbors here, which is actually really nice.
0: Instead of people just pulling in the driveway walking home or open the garage door, they pull in the
1: garage or, and boom. Yeah,
0: or anybody.
1: just not or just not sitting on the front stoop, you know. A lot of people are mm-hmm. just looking for that human interaction and a lot of times people would just be sitting and watching television and then going out and about their day. But mm-hmm. Now a lot of people are actually hanging out at home and sitting on their front stoops, which is kind of nice.
0: I actually am fortunate enough that I get to interact with people throughout the day because of all the staff. And so I'm always Mm -hmm. checking in with them and I do go visit the stores more now to make sure people see how they're doing, see how they're feeling. And we, we did something in our driveway that I'll have to share the picture and you can put it up on the, on the social media channels, but we painted a big smiley face in our driveway.
1: Nice. That's great. <laughs>
0: it, was, it was so much fun. The kids got to learn how to use shake cans. <laughs> so, That's if there's awesome. any spray paint places they get spray painted around town, it's probably my kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that they know how to use shake cans. Well, dumping them, dumping all the graffiti on them. But <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that are
0: coming out positive of the whole social distancing, stay at home orders, people are reconnecting, Um, people are cooking a lot at home, they're probably eating a lot healthier. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard that the world, the globe, our earth is repairing itself. It's vibrating less. The ozone is repairing itself. There's just not as much going on.
1: Yeah, just seeing the pictures of some of the skylines, like before the pandemic, and then after social distancing is, it's pretty dramatic Is seeing like, you couldn't see these mountains before and now you can actually view them from certain places or see this landmark. It's pretty incredible to see how quickly things can change if people actually are more aware and are actually being more conservative, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty incredible. I wonder
0: what nature is going to do to some trails in parks, forest areas, state parks, because nature takes, it's taking over. It's taking back, it's repairing itself. So when some of those trails don't get used for a little bit of time in certain areas, it'll be, I think, really fascinating to see some research of uh, how much they become um, overgrown.
1: True. Yeah. I wonder Um, how quickly it would take. I know right now the snow is kind of just starting to melt in Jackson, I assume, or maybe not even that yet, but, um, certain areas you probably wouldn't even notice anything for, but if those trails aren't hit this summer, I wonder if they'd be completely overgrown by next summer. It'd be kind of crazy to see. Yeah. I, I don't know about
0: here in Jackson, but think about areas in California where, mm-hmm. um, it's prime growing season right now, or maybe some stuff along the Appalachian trail, um, that springtime, everything starts blooming and moving, and, but you don't have the feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be some people on, the, on some of those areas. but I mean, a most... lot of
1: people are taking this time to actually get into nature more, actually, um, which is good and bad. I mean, people are mm-hmm. trying to social distance, but when everybody's trying to social distance in the same spot, it kind of contradicts everything that's trying to do by social distancing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, here, we're trying to take daily walks, at least. Um, we're trying to pick spots that nobody else is going to or trying not to. What's nice about here is you can find some spots that are right along the water and trying to do some beachcombing and stuff like that in this area when it's nice out. Uh so it's kind of nice being able to find some of those remote spots and kind of have them uh as your own, but keep your social distance when you do see somebody coming down the same trail you are. But uh it's kinda been kinda interesting. Have you been getting out and about yourself and trying to do some walks and how has it been there?
0: We go on a lot of walks around the neighborhood and also our um our boys are on the bikes so we there's times we dress them head to toe in the big five which for people that don't know what the big five is it is winter boots hat gloves jacket and pants so our kids are as though they're going to go play in the. they're going skiing but they're on the bicycles and their skill level because we're doing it daily now is just gone through the roof and the oldest his confidence level on his bicycles been so encouraging to see and how old is your youngest he is four and he's four. killing the scoot nice. bike yeah and he just calls for a scoot bike and when the older one gets more comfortable which i think by next week end of next week he'll be more comfortable able to jump up to the next size bike which would be awesome
1: nice yeah we Yeah. We bought our son a nicer bike than both of us own. Um, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully it'll be a longer term bike. Uh, but yeah, he started out with that Strider bike, you know, he was, he's been cruising the Strider since he was like one and a half or Mm -hmm. something like that. Those are still popular out in Jackson as those Striders. Um, yeah. And I mean, studies show that those things are the best way you can learn not with training wheels, but using the Strider bikes. And it showed with our son, we bought him his bike we went to a biking party, a birthday party, and he wasn't four yet. And he jumped on a real bike and he was cruising and he had never ridden a bike before. And so we were like, all right, two days later, we went and bought him a real bike and didn't put any training wheels on it at all. Um, he said, Hey, I had some tumbles and stuff like that, but in the past month as the weather here has been nice, he's been, he's riding in the road with me. He's riding and doing some hand signals and everything. It's been pretty incredible. The transition. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'll give a quick shout out to uh, Scott and Janine Fitzgerald of Fitzies and what they're doing with Buddy Pegs.
1: Yeah, what's that, up with Buddy Pegs? They're down south right now, right? Are they still down there?
0: They've been hanging out in Arkansas, uh, Bentonville. And I think he got some work over there to help build some trails through the foundation. That's um, great. I hope
1: that work continues with all that's going on right now. So, I mean, hopefully they're still getting out about and helping people.
0: Oh, I'm sure they are. Well, yeah, they can't have groups together
1: but um there can still like a lot of videos and classes that you can kind of do online for helping for for kids and stuff i would think you could kind of do some social media content and stuff at this time at least
0: sure and and they can keep making podcasts
1: yeah buddy pegs is your son like the buddy pegs podcast you know i haven't listened to it yet we need to yeah i know yeah we're trying to get him to listen to some more content we haven't started listening to the jacksonville connection yet together but soon that's all right (laughs)
0: Uh, do buddy pegs our kids listen to it in the bath and uh they probably listen to every episode 10 times
1: nice yeah Yeah. we're looking for more stuff so we should
0: they love buddy pegs for the kids Uh, another great thing for kids is henry beverly cleary's henry huggins okay and we haven't gotten into ramona the pest but the boys two boys they love henry
1: huggins All right. Sounds good. Yeah. He's been, he's kind of in the Disney craze right now. I mean, having Disney plus and everything during this time is, it's been a lot of toy story, a lot of finding Nemo. Um, (laughs) And then when we're driving in the car, there's actually like audio versions of those stories too. So that doesn't help. A lot of times he just wants to hear the audio version of those stories too. But uh, we're looking for more content for sure. And trying to branch out and those sound like suggestions.
0: Yeah. There's some amazing stuff out there right now. Well, I'm glad that you and the family are getting out and being able to connect with some of your neighbors and enjoy some time together before number two comes on number the way. Number two,
1: yeah. It's it's an interesting time to have another child. So hopefully things go well, and hopefully the hospitals are safe and efficient. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know what else to say. Other than I uh, Yeah, I hope everything goes well because I don't know if I'll be able to be there. So that's kind of nerve-wracking.
0: I'm sorry that you... I hope that changes by the time uh, your wife gives birth. Um, Have you guys know if it's a boy or girl? It's going to be a surprise. No,
1: we found out as soon as we could. It's a girl. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you have one boy, one girl. That's right. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of unexpected things out there with having a child. So it's good at least knowing one thing about the child that you're having. And that's the only thing we can pretty much know at this point. It's going to be a girl.
0: Well, you guys will love it, and it is not twice as much work.
1: Yeah, I don't think it will be. I mean, I I <laughs> I feel I can see why people say, like, you have one, that's the life-changing experience, and then number two is not quite as drastic. But, um, I mean, we were kind of getting back to normalcy, and things were kind of moving along. We're like, all right, we can go to a restaurant, and everything is going to be smooth and fine. And it's kind of throwing it back into that uh the changing experience but right now we're not going out to restaurants so that'll be easy not going up at the right moment but um we're really excited to have a girl uh and so it should be interesting
0: yeah well congratulations michael Thanks. very happy for you well any last words of wisdom or thoughts that you want to share with everybody before we sign off on this episode this will be what episode number 83
1: 84 84 all right yeah Uh, I would say thanks, Stefan, for keeping up doing what you're doing. I know when we first uh, talked about you doing a podcast, I think you wanted to do 50 episodes really quick or something like that, or you wanted to shoot out 50 episodes super quick. Um, I'm glad I kind of managed that expectation (laughs) a little bit, Uh, uh, but I'm I'm really proud of you for keeping it going this long. Um, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't keep it going any longer, because I think It's a great thing that you're doing and I'm glad to be a part of it. And then I would say, if you want to be a guest, I think you need to mention it more often. Just reach out. Reach out to connect at thejacksonholdconnection.com and anybody's welcome to be a guest that's connected to Jackson or connected to us or uh, has anything valuable that you think could share with everybody. So I think just trying to get people more connected to us would be great.
0: Yeah. And right now we need to have better and stronger connections with people and we can reach out so i thank you michael for sticking with me and for giving me all the wonderful advisement and direction and i couldn't have done it without you and uh tana threw out the way and and everybody else and always the support that my wife and boys offer me that's michael we can't do anything that we do
1: without the support of our wives remember that <laughs> that's <true. laughs> Yeah, it's great. She she can hear me right now, so I'll agree. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's been wonderful, and it's been a great being a part of this. And it's it's one of the highlights of my week is being able to uh, hear who you're interviewing next, and it's always a treat when I know that person. So it's like uh, like this last one with Mike uh, at the Teton Barbershop and yeah, Mike. Well, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know him super personally, but. Teton Barbers is where I always went to get my hair cut. So it was just great hearing familiar voices and you, you're kind of what keeps me connected to Jackson at the moment. So you are the true Jackson hole connection for me, I guess right now.
0: Well, thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. It's great talking with you tonight. And because we are on zoom, the ever famous zoom And if anybody hasn't seen the Saturday Night live zoom, uh, skit, I highly recommend that you get out there and watch that it is absolutely hilarious. Right. It was great to see you tonight as well. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you too. To learn more about Michael and his life in Jackson Hole, please visit the com. episode number 84. If you know of anyone who'd be a fabulous guest, send them my way. Shoot a quick email to connect at com. Many thanks to everyone who helps me keep the Jackson Hole Connection on the air. My wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William. My editor, Michael Morey and music provider, Luke Taylor. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.